In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. This is the word of the Lord. I'm going to use the excuse that we've just had, probably the best-known Christmas Bible reading, uh, to take you to to one of my favourite Bible verses. I've got quite a few, so I I realise I may stand up here several times and go, I'm going to take you to one of my favourite Bible verses. I've got quite a few, so I'll just put that caveat there. Uh, But I I, I love this one. It's it's a kind of, it's it's in a bit of the Bible that just gets missed, kind of in the run-up to Christmas and Christmas itself. It's it's in Luke chapter 1. It's verses 78 and 79, and it's, it's sandwiched between, the reason it gets missed is because it's sandwiched between at the great moment when the angel Gabriel announces to Mary, you're going to have a child, and he's going to be the son of the Most High, and he will be great. And then what we tend to do at Christmas is we'll just jump over the next bit, and we land with Mary and Joseph trekking off uh, to Bethlehem and the birth of Jesus and the shepherds and the angels. Uh, the bit we skip over is... Zechariah holding his newborn son in his arms. John the Baptist, just born, speaking for the first time in months. He's been silenced all through the pregnancy. And what he says is is Holy Spirit-inspired prophecy. And Zechariah describes the coming of Jesus as being because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. I just think those are stunning verses. Jesus is God's mercy towards us. What kind of mercy? Is it it a reluctant mercy? Is Is it a begrudging mercy? Is it a... Is it a forced mercy? No, it's a tender mercy. Jesus is God's tender mercy. And what's the image that the Holy Spirit inspires Zechariah to reach for, to help us just grasp what God's tender mercy is like, what it feels like? What's the sunrise? It's the rising of the sun. The the arrival of Jesus into history It's like that moment when the first rays of the sun just break out above the horizon line. They burst forth. Suddenly, there is brightness to everything. Light rushes into every space and gap and and seems to fill everything with potential and promise uh, and energy and life. Even if that's not what you're feeling at the moment because you're a bit bleary-eyed going, what on earth am I doing up at sunrise? 
But every sunrise is a, is a sure and certain sign that the night has passed and the day lies open before us. And perhaps it's not a surprise uh, that Zechariah, by, um, by the power of the Holy Spirit, reaches to this image of the rising sun uh, to kind of describe Jesus' entrance into history. Because in Jesus, we are encountering the almighty Son of God, turning up as one of us. Why the sunrise? Because the repeated description throughout Scripture, throughout the Bible, again and again for God, is that God is light. God is light. And it's why probably uh, the greatest and best known introductions to Jesus that we have, John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, Uh, We hear John say, in him, in Jesus, in the word made flesh, was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. God is light. I guess it's a picture we all get. It all makes sense. We can relate to it. It's kind of tangible. It's got something of the everydayness. And yet, at the same time, It holds so much powerfully together. It's a broad image. It's a deep image. There is so much there. And this evening, I'm going to give us a chance just to reflect on what it means for God to be light. What does it mean for to say God is light in in five ways? Um, Five short reflections. Five words to help us uh, think about what it means for God to be light. When you say God is light means life. It means undefeatable. It means goodness. It means righteousness. It means truth. And this is where I need to move my table. And as we go along, each time I will light a candle. And I'll offer the reflection. And then just give a, a, a just a 30 seconds or so of quiet. Just to think, where, where does that reflection land with you? So the first thing uh, that we see, for God to be light, means, means life. This is where I didn't check the wicks on these candles. This is why I'm a low church vicar. Me and candles don't get on very well. But since I'm doing candles this week, should we do um, incense next week? Nice, nice. Okay, I'm getting some I'm getting some thumbs up for that. Just look again at John chapter 1, verse 4. It's a verse, we, we know it so well. In him was life. That life was the light of all mankind. God is light, and it means he's the God of life. Now, I suspect all of us between us have probably done some biology in our time at school. We know the importance of light for life. If you've ever tried to grow anything from seed, you know the importance of light for life. If you've ever suffered or know someone who suffers from something like seasonal affective disorder, uh, when the short days and the long nights of winter bring a low mood and you feel so much better in the summer when the sun's out, you know the importance of light for life. Or, Or go back just a few weeks Uh, Back to January when 
when there was this strange orange glow in the Leicester sky. You remember that? I remember Lizzie and I having this conversation. Have you seen Why is it orange? You know why it was orange? You know why it was orange? It's because King Power Stadium, they had these huge lights over the grass to make it grow, and it was bouncing off the clouds and turning the whole sky orange. Why? Because there wasn't quite enough sunlight to grow the grass for the football pitch. Light is important for life. It's perhaps no surprise that the God who has life in himself, his first act in creation, he says, let there be light. And yet in John chapter 1 verse 9, we read the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Something, something along the way has gone wrong. What's gone wrong? Well, the very people God switched the lights on for, the very people he gave life to, have turned away from him. What, what happens when you turn your, your back on a light? There's darkness. You cast a shadow. You block out the light. There's darkness. There's shadow. And we end up on this, this path that ultimately, the Bible tells us, leads to death. And that is why in Jesus we have the almighty Son of God coming as one of us into our darkness to lead us back into life and into light. Jesus is the light, we're told, of all mankind, the true light that gives light to everyone. Because apart from Jesus, everyone remains in the shadows, in the darkness. Jesus' offer of light and life is for all. But we are told only some receive it. And so this evening, God is light means, means life, and it means following Jesus is about all of our life. It's not just about adding some things to our life. It's not just about tweaking things on the edges of our life. Following Jesus is stepping into new life with him. It means letting the Holy Spirit sit in our lives and lead every part of it. Whether it's our work, our thinking, our relationships, our money, our rest, our attitudes, our hopes, our retirements, our responsibilities to others. God is light. And it means life. God is light. And it means undefeatable. This week, if you got a tin of black paint, a tin of white paint, mix them together, what do you get? A big mess of grey. Take some sweet flavour, take some sour flavour, put them together, what do you get? Salted caramel, or you get sweet and sour chicken, or you get a Haribo Tang Fasten. Try and mix light and dark, and things are actually quite different, because light always wins. Darkness cannot overcome light, but light will always overcome the darkness. If you want to test this and do a little experiment when you get home, when you walk in, switch the light switch on, what happens? Light comes on, what happens to the darkness? It flees, it's gone. It vanishes. Light always wins. Now, I can, with some wizardry, dim the lights. I'll go further. Ooh. I can dim the lights. That's not the darkness winning, that's just there's less light. Very clever. When God is described as light, 
establish that God cannot be defeated. There is nothing, there is no one that can defeat God. He's the eternal, almighty God. He's the creator, as we've been hearing over these last weeks. He's the creator, he's the craftsman, he's the sustainer, he's unchanging, he's good. He cannot and will not be beaten. Even when Jesus enters into our darkness, and darkness uses everything it's got to try and defeat him. With Jesus on the cross, in darkness, dying. But three days later, the empty tomb. John 1 verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There's a, a quote attributed to Francis of Assisi, and it's not the one you're thinking of. It says, all the darkness in the world cannot extinguish the light of a single candle. God is light. It's undefeatable. So whatever it is this evening that feels like it's defeating you in life at the moment, whether it's something at work, whether it's something in your, your family life, your home life, whether it's stress, whether it's financial struggles, whether it's a, a particular temptation, a battle uh, in, in a, with a particular sin that just feels like it's, it's, you're being defeated. If you're in Christ, it's not a promise that these things will suddenly disappear, suddenly vanish and suddenly go, but they don't define you and they don't get the final say. Jesus does. God is light. It means undefeatable. I'm just going to flip on in our Bibles to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5, which you'll find in the, um, if you're using the church Bibles, page 1176. And it's part of a bigger passage that's well worth reading, but I just want to uh, zoom in on three verses and then essentially on three words in one verse. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8, 9, and 10. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. These next three reflection on what it means for God to be light. Come from verse 9. The fruit of light, goodness, righteousness, and truth. I feel like it's been a bit unfair to stick them in brackets. I think they're more important than that. God is light means goodness. It means God is good all the time. Goodness being action taken in the direction of other people. Goodness is selflessness. Goodness is about blessing. Just imagine uh, one day this week you uh, arrive home after uh, maybe a tricky day and there's something on your doorstep or that's been uh, posted through your letterbox. Uh, I don't know what it would be for you, whether it's some flowers, some chocolates, a home-cooked meal, a nice bag of coffee, your car repair bill having been paid, a cake, a voucher so you can buy some new clothes. I name all those things. Those are things that people have done for me over the years. And each of those moments, it, it brightens up your day. It brightens up your week, doesn't it? You see, there's a relationship between light and generosity and goodness. 
When God creates, he declares what he has made to be good. It's good because God has made it out of the overflow of who he is with his kindness, his generosity, his blessing. God's goodness is most clearly seen when we know and experience and see his mercy and compassion. That's what he says to Moses. When, when Moses wants to see God and know him, he says, I will show you my goodness, my mercy, my compassion. God is light means we can be confident. God is a God of kindness and generosity and blessing and mercy and compassion. And so when Ephesians 5 calls us to be children of light, it means we, we celebrate and enjoy his generosity. Enjoy God's generosity in his creation, even in its sin-scarred state. We enjoy and live in the generosity of God shown to us in Jesus. Jesus, he says, all that I have, I share with you. We delight and enjoy the generosity that God shows us through other people. And to be children of light means to reflect something of our experience from God back to those around us. Lives of selfless generosity. Lives that seek to bless and brighten the lives of others. God is light means righteousness. It means God is righteous. It means all that God does is right and just. John in his first letter writes this, God is light, in him there is no darkness at all. God is perfect and pure and passionate about those things. And it's why we can be confident that when Jesus returns, he will make all things new. He will make all things right. There will be nothing that we turn around and go, that's unjust, that's unfair. It's part of the reason at the, the end of the Bible, in Revelation, both in chapter 21 and chapter 22, that we read about new creation having no need for the sun or the moon or the stars. We're told in Revelation 21, verse 23, the city does not need the sun or the moon or the, to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The promise of the old passing away and everything being made new. And so as children of light this evening, if we're in Christ, it does mean there'll be things right now that we need to bring into the light. Things in our lives that aren't right. Maybe things from this week. Or maybe things from long ago. Things that are, and I know this from my experience, are far easier to try and hide in the dark closets and the dark basements of our lives and lock them away with a key. But as children of light, we're invited to bring them before the Lord. For them to be seen in the light and for us to know that in Christ they are dealt with fully and finally. As children of light, we are to be eager to find out, as it says in Ephesians 5, what pleases the Lord and to live it out, even when it's costly, even when it means that we're out of step with the world around us. We don't fly solo on this. We do it as we are filled with the Holy Spirit. I hear you silently cheering me on. God is light means truth. 
God is light means God is about truth and is always truthful. God is, God is a God who does not lie. God is a God who does not change. He's always true to who he is. Uh, a few years ago, we, we redid our church website. And one of the things I was really keen that we ensured was what people saw on the website reflected what they found if they came along to something. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. Something, something promises so much and then the reality is so different. What God says about himself never exaggerates. What God says about himself never hides away certain details. What God says about himself doesn't hold us away at arm's length. It's, it's more than that. What God says actually brings light. We see things for how they truly are. We see God for who he truly is. We see ourselves for who we truly are. We just take what Jesus says. He never hides the small print, does he? Jesus is trustworthy and true, not just in some things, but in absolutely everything. And so as children of light, what does that, what does that mean for us? Well, we're to be people of true words, people who are true to our word, people whose yes is yes and no is no. As children of light, we, we're to bring things into the light by Maybe speaking up of those times when, not just we've got things wrong, but maybe those times where we have been wronged and we've been hurt and we've held back from saying anything. And what happens is it's a bit like a bottle of champagne. It stores up and it builds and it gets shaken up and shaken up and shaken up until eventually it pops and everything comes pouring out. When we've been wronged, when we've been hurt, maybe we need to speak up and say that to keep short accounts with one another. As children of light, we're, we're also to be keen that our words bring light. They relate to the truth of Jesus Christ. As we speak about our faith, as we speak something of Jesus to those around us. God is light. It means life. It means undefeatable. It means goodness. It means righteousness. It means truth. Psalm 36 says this. Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the highest mountains, your justice like the great deep. You, Lord, preserve both people and animals. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast in the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. Amen.